1: All right, everybody, welcome back another episode of one of these years. Off-Season Central here. Uh, I'm, of course, Nick Bummer, along with Colton Pouncy, and we were just talking, Colton. Uh, these are actually, the winter episodes can always be a little entertaining, and you never quite know what's going to be around the corner, and it was like, hey, they haven't even fired anybody. They're not in the coaching carousel, really, yeah. and we've still got a bunch of stuff to talk about here a on lot. the show. Yes. <laughs> how, how are we doing? How How's life in the offseason here?
2: Life is good. Um, it's been about a week since uh, the offseason started for me, and uh, I, you know, I spent the, the last few days getting yelled at over a mock draft that wasn't even mine, so that <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later, but uh, yes. it's been interesting. And actually taking next week off, so I'll have some time to uh, recharge a little That'll bit, be good. and then... We'll come back the following week with more more Lions content for you. But, um, yeah, doing well
1: over here. Some news-ish, I suppose, at the top here. Um, And that's what we'll start with today. Uh, In fact, Ben Johnson, uh, who interviewed Colton, how many jobs did he end up interviewing for? Uh, do we know? It was a couple. I, th- I don't know. It was at least Carolina.
2: Virtual interviews with three teams. Uh, I think he was scheduled to interview with the Panthers in person. Uh, okay. Obviously canceled that. So,
1: yeah. So Ben Johnson coming back to the Lions, obviously, is the the news that happened earlier this week. Uh, Reports also that he got a hefty uh, pay raise to stay. Um, But also, I believe, you know, the appeal of continuing to work with uh, Dan Campbell and Jared Goff in the system that they've built, which is really, Colton, as we've talked about on the show so many times, really only like a year and a half old. You know, they're really only just sort of getting started with this. Um, I think that obviously this is great news for Jared Goff and for the Lions in general. And not to say that maybe he's not in this same spot next year, right? Maybe he's mm. in a similar situation. But you know, I think he had a chance in Carolina. I think that I the, the the fact that they were bringing him back obviously says that. But I mean, I think they liked him. I think that all you know, I uh, you hear a lot on Ben Johnson. Um, you know, in in some ways it could be can maybe that would be perceived as bad with Campbell because I think they're similar. Like, cause Campbell can be a little like. <laughs> Out there and like I don't know I don't know what the right word is but Johnson is can do that too he can be a little bit out there and he's he can be intense but he's so smart and I I knew he would interview well but you know hey man for the Lions to get him back this is back to back years now Colton where Dan Campbell's we'll talk about Aaron Glenn in a minute I guess but he's dodged a bullet this was one that you know we talked about it would have been okay I think if he had left Mm -hmm. but even better if he'd stayed and now boom this is great news for the Lions
2: yeah no doubt I mean three teams that reached out to him, uh, Panthers, Colts and Texans. And really the Panthers one was the one I was looking at. Um yeah. I believe there are reports out of Carolina that uh their owner Dave Tepper uh was really interested in in, in Johnson. Uh makes sense, you know, he's a North Carolina native, uh, you know, yep. quarter, played quarterback at played University there in North yeah. Carolina. Um so I'm sure that was a there's probably some mutual interest there. Um Tepper's also an owner, I think he's one of the richest owners in football. Him and like the Broncos Yeah. Owner, like the, Yes. Walmart a lot of now. money um but he's also a guy that seems like he wants to take a big swing so I guess that was my only thought with that job because I mean it seems like they're going after Sean Payton too so maybe that's right. like your top target you keep Ben Johnson on the back burner for a little bit but um yeah I mean it's, it still seems like it's only a matter of time for Johnson like just the trajectory he's on a lot of teams recognizing his play calling ability his ability to craft an offense um so honestly I thought if he got an offer he he should take it just cuz you don't know how like those chances exactly. it's easy to say next year but I yep. mean man like you never know like if Goff gets injured or something and all of a sudden like the wheels fall off like <laughs> yeah. you're probably not as hot on the on the market next year I don't know um no right but e- either way that's like I mean I have to respect the move um you know to come back and say hey we're still building something here um mm-hmm. you know I believe in what we're building the offense is on a good track uh I like Rickman right. with Jared Goff. Like, all those things make sense. And it's never a bad thing to actually, like, continue to learn under a guy like Dan Campbell. Um, you know, they they're, they were kind of on similar trajectories. They both got their start as sort of these, you know, tight end coach turn. Um, you know, Campbell had his chance as an interim coach, now a head coach. Yeah. Seems like a matter of time for Johnson follows that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, more than anything, I think it speaks to the health of the Lions organization right now where they Absolutely. have two coordinators that are both interviewing for jobs um, have been on candidates' list for a while. And, um, I mean, both those guys, if Glenn turns his defense around next year, I'm sure he'll be even hotter mm-hmm. on the market mm-hmm. a year from now along with Johnson. So, I mean, the Lions are in a good place, and the fact they have Johnson back it just feels like their trajectory is um, still upward right now.
1: Yeah, I think it speaks to a pretty cool point for the Lions, frankly, That like, because, like, you brought up the ultimate point. I don't think Johnson ever got an offer from anybody. And, like, I, if he was going to get an offer from Carolina, he would have had to go through – you know, the full interview process, go down there, do the whole thing. Um, but with that comes, like, uh, this has actually been written about in recent days. I think Tony Dungy just tweeted about it again. The amount of preparation that these coaches have to go through to to go t- into an interview, which can be a multiple-day, 12-hour deal, mm-hmm. is insane. It's like, for real. <laughs> you're putting in, like, a life's work or a season's worth of work in and, and one thing. And I think, to me, it spoke that, like, Ben Johnson would rather spend his time right now on Lions re- related stuff then go for that. Uh, yeah. He's not in you know that's him personally being in a place whatever but the fact that the Lions are what they are says that that was like cuz last year with Aaron Glenn I think it was a much different situation like I, he was and still is I think ready to be a head coach. Um but he also was mature enough to understand that the job that he has right now is one that he enjoys and if that's what he has for several years that'll be fine. But like, he's going to go attack those interviews when they come. He's going to yep. do the full prep, go through the whole thing. He knows what it takes. He's done it before. He was one time a first-time interviewee, all this. like It's a it's a daunting deal. And I, I think that that's the coolest thing is it speaks to Campbell's for a young coach. Campbell being the type of guy that a young coach who's got options said, I'd rather go stay with him and continue to grow and learn with him mm-hmm. than go try it. And, and take a risk, frankly, that maybe I'm not ready for. And that's a pretty man alive, man. That's pretty good. You don't see a lot of that in the NFL or anywhere, really, in coaching these days.
2: It's a win-win if you're, if you're Ben Johnson. Um, if you get the offer, you can take that and become head coach. And all of a sudden, you're leading your own franchise. And I'm sure that's yeah. something that he wants in the future. But if not, if, if that offer doesn't come or you decide you want to stay, like, hey, you get another year under a guy that you respect. You have a great working relationship with Dan Campbell. Pretty good offensive place that expects to probably be better next year if you get some more pieces yep, around yep. it. Um, you 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 went through the process, you got some interview experience, you learned what that was like. Um, not to say that he like bombed or anything, but uh next <laughs> year you'll you'll be even more prepared just because you've been through it one time. Um right. so it's it's a win-win. Like whether he had the offer on the table or not, like it doesn't seem like he did. But just coming back to what the lines are building and say, look, man, like you know, this franchise has been in a bad place for a long time and I can mm-hmm. be a part of the turnaround here and we expect yeah, to be competitive right. next year. Um, And I want to be here for that. Like, that's that's a great spot to be in. You can be the guy that says, yeah, I turned down those teams and I came back. Like, that's always yeah. it's never a bad thing. And hey, you got to <laughs> you got to raise out of it, too, man. Like, good right. for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. You got to. Which, hey, look, there probably was a time where Alliance ownership group or uh front office would have been like, no. We're not giving you a raise. Get out of here. Like, there was yeah. absolutely probably a time not that long ago where that might have snuck it. So, I mean, kudos uh, to them, you know, for that whole thing, too. But I think at the end of the day, obviously, we, like we said at the top, the biggest deal here, the biggest benefactor is Jared Goff on paper. But really, it's the whole group. Because I think when you peel this back and you look at where they're at and where they're where they're going, like, you still have Jameson Williams. This offseason is going to be huge for him, right? all the stuff they're going to put him through to try to get him up to speed. And, you know, he's going to be jumping up the a bit. To have Ben Johnson still here while that's going on, I think is a huge deal. Uh, and it also continues your report, Jared Goff. I mean, everything we've talked about with, you know, that whole, I know why this is being called. I know where we're going on that. You know, Colton, I don't think it's crazy to say that, like, we, we probably should expect them to be better on offense next year than what they were because I would – I would think that they can now spend this year, Goff and Ben Johnson, probably expanding. I mean, Goff's at a place of confidence now. And I think that, you know, I I, I think last year he was, tell me what to do and I'll do it, right? Point yeah. me in the right direction, show me the way, I'll do it. Now I think you're back to a guy that, like, he knows the game and he can add, like, what Stafford has had here for years, right? So yeah. I'm curious to see where that goes. I mean, I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts too, just the impact in general football-related on him coming back because uh, we talked about, we thought Campbell would be okay, but hey man, it's still a big deal that, that he's
2: coming back. Yeah, it's funny when you would talk to players like at the end of the season, because they knew Ben Johnson would get some looks. Like yeah. like, I gotta stop talking about this dude before he gets a head coaching job. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, like Sewell said something else right. too, like, no, nah, Ben Johnson's terrible. Like you He don't said want
1: he him, sucks. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Ben yeah, <laughs> right. Johnson sucks. I saw some fans being like, Yeah, Ben Johnson hates puppies. You don't want him.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Uh,
2: but uh I mean, yeah, just having him back in the mix, like it's it's you know, it's interesting to think about what this offense is to mm-hmm. do next year. Because this year was really about, like, I don't know, in a way, like your first year as a coordinator, you never know how it's going to go. And the fact that they did what they did, top five in yards in offense, you start to think about next year. Like you mentioned, golf getting more of a say, um, yep. getting JMO more involved. Like, we didn't even see mm-hmm. him last year, you know, too much last year. And I think Brad Holmes was right. one that said, what you saw in 2022 is nowhere close to what he'll be in 2023 no. and beyond. No. So, Having a guy like Ben
1: He was a gadget. Yeah, right. He was a gadget. I mean, every (laughs) time you
2: saw him out there, you're just like, well, he's there to draw attention away from others and just, you know, be a decoy, basically. Um, He touched the ball twice and both went for, like, 40 yards. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's it's fascinating to think of what this offense can be like with him and what Johnson Uh can do to get him open, even if it's, like, a five-yard slant that he takes 50 yards or, you know, him and Jared Goff getting more time in the offseason, like – I'm excited to see what Johnson can do with that group. Um, you know, who, who knows? Maybe they add some other offensive pieces in the draft or free agency. So, uh, yeah. Just having him back in the mix and, you know, not having to worry about what does this look like? Like whether they've right. replaced, if, if he left and we're thinking about, like, okay, who's the next man up? Is it an internal guy? Um, right. Do they go outside? Do they have to change the offense? Do they want to change the offense? What does that mean for golf? All those questions that would have followed, we don't have to worry about. You can kick that can down the road for a exactly. year. Um, yeah. so that's why I mean, like it keeps the offense on their current trajectory. Um, Johnson gets another year of experience to kind of learn. And, and again, that was one of my questions, like not so much the play calling and, and, you know, you know, what he's done this season. We all yeah. saw that. It's more like, you know, what, what do you like behind the scenes with your players? Uh, do you right, have exactly. the respect of them? Yeah. Can you lead a locker room? Um, can you make the tough decisions? And I'm sure now that he's had that experience going through interviews, he's going to want to talk to Dan and be like hey man, like I want more of this responsibility and I'm sure he's going to get some now um, just to help him prepare even more to be a head coach. So um, the combination of him coming back and getting some more experience and then what this offense could look like. I mean, the Lions are in a great spot right now.
1: Yeah. To add to that, I think also the timing in this process for Campbell and Holmes of this is a big deal. This is normally a time where if, you know, because they're not there yet, they're close, but they're not there yet. It's important to distinguish that still, right? Like They need to – and they need to take a step on offense this year because they're not going to surprise anybody ever again. Like, they're never going to – they're never going to sneak up on anybody. Not that they did at the end of the season, but that's never going to happen again. So, you're going to have to – you're going to be scouted. You're going to be – that was the first time anybody got to see Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell together for a full season. So, you're going to have to graduate, as they like to say, and it has to get better. And if they had lost him and had to start over or – and that would have been, you know, the case for – like, we talked about Tanner Eggstrand. The case for Tanner Engstrand would have been that it would be better to take someone that you're probably less, you know, convinced of, but at least they're convinced. At least they say, know what you're doing, because what you're doing is more important. And and so I think that if they'd lost him right now, I think they would have been okay, but it would have been a huge challenge, I think, for Campbell to prove like we can take what we've done and then keep going with it because that's ultimately like the reason why Sean Payton is the bell of the ball right now is that he just sees offense in a way that I can fix any probably It doesn't matter. I can fix any problem. That's Ben Johnson too. I think that's how Johnson and Campbell look at the game. We're here to fix problems. We're just going to call offense and fix problems as they come. And we're going to be kind of creative and unique about it. But if you lose that right now, God damn like that, yeah. <laughs> like your momentum could just go right to hell you know what i mean like just yeah. in in a, in a snap
2: and, and the question for the lions of 2023 offensively whether johnson was in the mix or not is how do you avoid regression um exactly you know, they yeah. they were they're so good offensively like obviously offense wasn't the reason they lost you know their first six out of the first seven games um but now it's like you know if if you lost johnson it's like okay which one of these guys is going to step up um are you going to go from averaging, like, 27 points a game to 24, 23? Is the play calling going to be as Is it unique, not going to be, be enough? Right, yeah. Yeah, are you going to fall short in, in moments when we saw them come through so many times a season? Like, if, if you had to take a step back on offense and your defense really doesn't take the leap that it needs to, then you're talking about another, like, eight-win season, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not the leap yeah. that you want to that's take. That's not what people want. Yeah. Um, so now that Johnson's back... There still might be some regression, but at least him and Dan Campbell can try to work around that and and scheme that up or have these talks yeah. in the off season about how do we take a step forward? How do we build off of what we did last year? Versus if a new guy was there, okay, well, what do we have to do to kind of get this offense in place, get people to know it, um, get our players to to understand it? You don't have to start from square one. You're building off of what you did last year. Now with Johnson back in the mix, yeah. so that's so important. And uh, you know. I saw some people saying, "Like, man, I just need, we just needed a win. Like, this was good for us. Like, there's so <laughs> many times where it, it would be just our it luck for way. us to lose yeah. our all-star coordinator after yeah. one season, and now you have him for another year and a year that you have some big expectations. So, I mean, that yeah. again, that's that's a great spot for the Lions and, and Johnson to be in.
1: Yeah, and the other coordinator, Aaron Glenn, of course, still. Uh, how many interviews now for him? Do we? Uh, what's the count? Colts and uh, Cardinals. Situation? So two. Colts and Cardinals. Okay. Well, so. I don't know what the hell's going on with the Colts. <laughs> I don't Nobody think anybody <laughs> knows what the hell's going on with the Colts. Uh, the Cardinals, I, I don't know where they're going. You know, that thats a—that could be wide open. And um, I have said this, uh, I'll say it until I am blue in the face, there is not going to be one room of football people in this world that Aaron Glenn walks into and doesn't impress people. That's just, you cannot have a conversation about football with Aaron Glenn for 40 minutes and not be like, wow, this guy's... This guy's pretty good at what he does. So it's always, to me, on the table with him. I mean, it just, it's going to be. And I know that people have their like, oh, the defense sucks, fire him, I'll get him out of here. No, that's not. I mean, you saw how vigorous Campbell defended. We wrote about that today in our, our story about the, the decisions that sort of led to this. And I wanted to make sure we added that Campbell's defense, without blinking, of Aaron Glenn was a huge deal for not just – like to hear it now and whatever, but like for the not for those two, but for the room. I think the building for them to see, he's got his back, and they because they've got his back. You know, it's the that's how that is. So I I think that as yeah. long as Aaron Glenn gets interviews, he's going to get an opportunity in places, and it wouldn't surprise me if he gets you know a job at some point. So, but that's also the one, <laughs> Colton. If he gets a job now that Pleasant's gone, I really don't know what Campbell <laughs> would do. That would be really kind of interesting. I think it would be really. Different and and probably bad timing. I'm got I gotta tell you, I don't think it would be great because they've got a lot of young guys right now that trust him a lot. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on all that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I mean you were the one that I, you were around last year. Obviously, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But it, it, in my, from what I've heard, it always seemed like maybe Pleasant was the next man up. If if Glenn so, were to take that's what we kind of yeah didn't offer.
1: Right, uh, we were guessing, so, but yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, now that both. Could be gone. Like, I you know, Glenn is probably going to be back, but you never know. Um, right.
1: You just don't. And I implore
2: right. people to watch, like, Glenn at a press conference because the Lions post these clips and everything. And every time you see him talk, you just understand mm-hmm. he has a deeper understanding of the game and, like, what needs to be done. And even though right. the defense was still, you know, one of the worst in, in football this past year, um, I think if you get that man some pieces to work with, like, you'll see it turn around yeah. in, in a hurry. Right. And, well, I don't think it's going to take much, honestly. Um so, that's not really the concern. Like, I know people are like, oh, well, you have to have a top five defense before you even get a look. That's no, not how it no. works in the NFL. Like, these guys, these owners, these GMs that are hiring, they they look at personality. They look at, can you lead a, a football team? Can you manage a roster, yes. all that stuff? And Glenn's been put in a position with with a lot of responsibility. Like, his this is his defense. Campbell's an offensive mm-hmm. guy. Campbell usually just goes, all right, man, this is your thing. If you need me, I'll be here. But, like... I can't yeah. afford to lose you. Like, that's kind of how he is approached Glenn. Um, so if he were to leave, I don't even know who the next man up would be. Um, like I don't know if might, it would
1: be on the staff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah.
2: Like, I don't maybe, know if it would maybe, be on the staff. I know Kelvin Shepard. I've talked to him in the past. He wants to be a Could be. Coordinator. I don't coordinator. Is he ready? Who knows? He's only been a coach for I don't like two know. years.
1: Yeah. Um, and, I mean, and that's another guy that would maybe go with AG.
2: Yeah, probably. If he got
1: to, if, if he got a job – I'm just saying. It. I mean, I know that Shepard's close with Campbell, too, but, like, he's close with A.G. Yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. Like, I think that, the, that you bring up the best point, though, because the thing to remember here um, in the context, and Johnson's got all the buzz right now, um, and Glenn's still going to get interviews, but, like, Darren Glenn had the hardest football job of any coach that Campbell hired, and it's not yeah. even close. It's yeah. not even – it's not even remotely close. Like, there's not even, like, a Glenn, second.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you right. blend the pieces that Johnson has on yeah. offense and the equivalent right. of that, I guarantee you are like, not last in football. And in, in the second like half, he kept, they were not yeah. last. When no. those rookies came he, on, like, they were not the worst in football anymore. Like, that's. Uh, that's the
1: offense, hard. The when they got here, the offense, Hank Fraley kept Frank Ragnow, Jonah Jackson, and uh, Decker. Then drafted Sewell. Sewell. Sure. So, and, and he was already here. So, you got that. Johnson was already here, and so he knew the situation, and he had Hawkinson, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, they signed Jamal Williams. I mean, there was pieces on offense that were, like, usable. Yep. Defense was a disaster, <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> and the thing that people still, I don't think, understand is that the guys that they had that held over, uh, like Tracy Walker um, and a couple others, and there wasn't a lot, but there was a handful, when Patricia was done with them, they didn't want to play football anymore. They were like, I hate this. I don't want to be around the game. I don't want to play. This sucks. Jeez. I hate it. I'm miserable. And Aaron Glenn came in here, and I'm telling you right now, he changed it for all of them. You go ask all of them to a man. Okuda, who's had his problems, right? And it's been up and down, and like, and we'll see what happens with Jeff. But like the way Aaron Glenn handled that you know, from a, an emotional, from a headspace standpoint, he understands people as much as he understands football. He understands football players to your point, and yeah. you lose that, man, and it's – uh, that's a lot. It's not about – it's. he's so much more than just what he's calling on, you know, on Sundays. I mean, he it's it so
2: Hard much more. Yeah.
0: Like,
2: he I stole mean, the show on Hard Knocks for yeah, a lot really of those did. episodes. Like, his his meeting where he's like, I want you guys to get that feeling back. Remember when you were in college and you woke up every Saturday thinking you were going to win, expecting to win? And I want you happened. guys to get that feeling back. And yeah. they got it in the second half of the season. Like, <laughs> right. again, that aids so well. Um, it did, and that shows you, like that. That shows you where where Glenn is at with this organization, the respect that he has of the guys in the locker room. It's mm-hmm. so much more than, and I get it. Like it's easy to say they have the worst defense in football, but right. I'm telling you, that's not how these people inside no. making these decisions. That's not how they think. That's not how they view things. So uh it seems like only a matter of time, man. Like if all, if all of a sudden so. they turn this around next year, like he might be one of the hottest names on the on the market. I would not be shocked. Yeah. Um, so. well, that's
1: a great yeah. You said it earlier. Like it's not going to take a lot. I mean, if they Obviously. make the right, if they make the right additions and the right guys take a step, this is not going to be the worst defense in football <laughs> next no. year. Like I, you know what I'm saying? They yes. will be able to do, and they will be able to do. Most important, they will be able to do some of the stuff that he, that Aaron Glenn wants to. Like finally, he is not in year he three. Is not, they can finally do yes. That. <laughs> and maybe that's the greatest point that we can wrap on before we go to the next spot here. Is that he we talked about Ben Johnson's got, gotten a chance to show the world what he can do because he's had guys like Jared Goff step up and and kind of paint a picture for him. AG has had to just hang on and survive every <laughs> single day. He hasn't been able to do anything. Uh you know, I think they, they tried, as you saw, and it was just they had to pull everything back. And so, yes, I think that if you spend properly and all those things and give him a couple more pieces, then you're gonna be very happy with the results. And if you don't. It's gonna be on you. It's not gonna be on him. And like I'm gonna say that today, right now, if they if they do if they go through this draft and we're gonna talk about the draft here in a second, Colton. <laughs> if they go through the draft and do not address this and give him more, and most important, if they go through free agency and do not address it and give him more, then it's it's on you for whatever happens yeah. after that because it would just be foolish at that point. Because they're not that far away. They're just not. No.
2: And we were saying that at midseason, like when they were one and six. Yep. Like, I mean, guys, what do you expect? He's got like the fewest resources to work with on defense. Right. Like they're starting, you know, a bunch of no names, like they're, half their roster. And injured. rookies like, and yeah. Rookies right. learning how to play football at this at this level. So I mean in the second half, like they were so much better, like night and day. Um wasn't even close. Yep. Between the first half and the second half. So
1: And what's again, that you them-
2: but you were watching Hard Knocks again this week, were you not? Yeah, and do you tweet
1: out that quote about what are we gonna the, the quote that Campbell had about um,
2: getting when ready he was practice like practice and
1: yeah. yeah, and he was like, "What are we gonna do? Are we just gonna screw around and wait until week eight and then turn it on or whatever?" Yeah, <laughs> that that. and I'm like, "Well, that's a hell. That's exactly what happened." And he's yep. like, "I mean, these guys like they get it. I think they yeah. get it, and I think those two like you see, yeah, that's the greatest point. So I wouldn't be shocked if they if they if Aaron Glenn gets a job, but I guess we'll see." Uh, in any event, I think we'll take a boss here, Colton, and then we'll come back on the other side and we'll talk about uh, probably the thing most people want to talk about today. We'll talk about Dane's mock draft, Anthony Richardson, <laughs> Jared Goff, uh what it means to develop a quarterback and everything else. So hang oh on, we'll be right back after we'll be right back after after these messages.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with twenty-four-seven US-based live customer service from Discover. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point-of-sale system you can trust, or is it a... mm, real POS you need Shopify for retail Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory Shopify has everything you need to sell in person with Shopify you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth All
1: right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of one of these years. Second half of the show here, we're going to talk a little draft. Uh, uh, the great Dane Brugler here at the Athletic Got the Lions fans fired up, as always usually happens, frankly, uh, around mock draft season. The Dane's first mock draft, of course, published this week. Uh, Colton has published his reaction to it as well, and had many conversations with many of you in the comments about the whole thing. <laughs> uh, I, as well, on Twitter, have talked with many of you about it as well. And I we also, Colton, you can also check out, because uh, Nate Tice and Deontay and I, Deontay Lee and I, also reacted to the mock draft. So we also had stuff in there about our thoughts on the whole thing. But you and I are going to talk about this here right now. Uh, and there's I think there's a lot to unpack, because I think people... There was like multiple crowds of people being angry. And the first yeah. and the biggest crowd was the fact that so Dane traded up. He drafts Chris, Christian Gonzalez at six, right? Mm-hmm. And then he trades up to 16 or 15. 15. Whatever, 15 with the Packers. With the Packers, uh, three spots to get Richardson uh, at 15. And he gives up yeah, a lot
2: tri- to do it. Four, right? 48 in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. And so. And 18 for 15.
1: Right. And so I think that the initial wave of like, I don't like this for the Lions was people's reactions uh, of the, to the trade, correct? Like they were like, I don't think that that makes any sense. Why would you do that? Why would you give up, you know, more assets when we need things on defense to take a project quarterback? And I that is one part of a yeah. giant argument, correct? Do you, you agree with that part so far?
2: I don't think that was the main reason why they're no, mad, but it was definitely like yeah. yeah.
1: That was a lot of people were mad at the trade, yeah. And so, but I wanted to talk about that for a second. Because I can understand that that whole thing. Like, why would why would he do that? Why wouldn't you just take him at six? Or whatever. And the the Richardson thing is is why this is unique and different. I understood why Dane did it, because it's a real possibility. I actually I told Dane, I was like, I actually liked that you did it exactly how you did it, because that is a real like real world scenario that they might have to if they watched five of his games in person, right? Is that correct? Yeah. They watched five of his games in person. This guy has all the traits in the world. They will be at his pro day. They will be watching all of it, just like everybody else, because that's what you do, (laughs) okay, in football. And so the other part of that though is that nobody really knows what other what people think of him. Where is he gonna fall on the board? It's hard to say. You might have to trade up to get him is like, that's what, that's the possibility there. If you like him, if he's your guy, if that's something that you're, if you're into. And so that's why, and I understood that people were, well, that's a BS trade. That's not on the value chart. That's bullshit. Okay. Well, need and the value chart in real world doesn't always collide. And I I actually thought the way that Dane set that up is probably the best way to frame Anthony Richardson's like entire, you just don't know where he's going to go. And if you like him and if he's your guy and you don't want to miss out on him, you might have to be willing to trade more than you normally would to move up three spots. And that's the scenario that they're weighing or going to have to weigh in the Richardson conversation. And they will be having the Richardson conversation, ladies and gentlemen, whether you like it or not. Okay. the second part of this, (laughs) the one that I think more people were mad about is that they were in their feelings about Jared Goff. Correct. Is that was that your impression on this?
2: Very okay. much so. Now yeah.
1: talk me through people's reaction. What were the reactions that you were getting here? Because uh, it sounded like people were accusing Dane of like trying to get Dan Campbell fired or something like that or something like
2: this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think people are just tired of seeing the Lions, you know, or I guess NFL experts mock quarterback to the Lions. Okay. Um, Just because of the year Goff had. Right. Um, because Brad Holmes can't, uh, comments at the his end-of-the-year presser, like we all heard him say, mm-hmm. it's easier to get worse at quarterback than it is to get better, and that Derek right. Goff is our starting quarterback. That can all be true at yeah. the same time. To say the Lions are not interested in a quarterback at all is absurd. <laughs> when they went <laughs> to see Anthony Richardson play football five times this season— I'm, I'm telling you guys, they didn't go to see o- Osiris Torrance five times. That's no, not why they, they were didn't. there. If you see a player five times, it's normally a quarterback, it's normally someone that you have somewhat of an interest in. Yeah. So that's that was the point I was trying to make in my mock right. reaction to someone else's pick for them. <laughs> <laughs> I did not write this.
1: Which is what we do here I, at the Athletic.
2: Yes. Which is what we do. I, sometimes we're asked to react to Dane's mocks, guys. That's how this works. I've done yeah. this for I've done this twice now. He had his yeah. mock, in and sometimes November. they're really entertaining
1: and, as you we're discovering. These okay, so here's
2: what happened in in November. <laughs> Dane mocked uh, Jalen Carter to the Lions at three when they had that right. pick with the ring. They had the pick, yeah. And I said, "That's an awesome pick. I love it." And yeah. everyone's like, "Yeah, this is great defense, right. defense." <laughs> All right, so here we go. Two comes out. Dane is one of the most plugged in yep. uh, draft guys that there is. His drafts sort of reshape other people's right. mocks, right? Um. Like, and in his mind, the Lions are a great spot for Richardson. Correct. And I don't disagree with that because when you look at what they have in place, they have uh, Ben Johnson, who may or may not be here long term. But if you get him with Ben Johnson for a year, um, you get Dan Campbell. I'm sure he's a great fit for a Dan Campbell type um, type of player. Uh, The offense around him, the offensive line, the weapons, that receiver with JMO now um, and a solid run game. And you have Goff in place, who can be your starter for the next year or two. Um, And if you have Richardson take over when Goff's contract is up, um, maybe he's game ready by then. And you have maybe a potential superstar at quarterback, which which is what his ceiling is. So all of that makes sense. Like from where you're putting Richardson, you want to put him in a good spot where he'll he'll develop. I have no problem with what Dane wrote there. Um, Me personally, I would like to see them go defense, defense. And I even wrote that in the story. Um, but I was just trying to, you know, lay out reasons why right, this would yeah. be an option. Uh, and somehow that morphed into, <laughs> I'm so tired of the athletic writing about quarterbacks going to the Lions. You guys need to stop this. I'm never reading. Colton, you're the – and I'm just like, I didn't write it, guys. I didn't write it. Um, so oh that's boy. where we are now. Yeah, we I'm don't not read mock draft comments dogs. usually. I think <laughs> – I think golf is, and people were saying this is clickbait. You think I wanted to go through this? Yeah, you think man. I wanted all that attention on that for pics I right, made? Yeah, I for, was just simply react. That's like the most comments on a story I've had since like I think my introduction post. <laughs> like Two hundred comments, of people like yelling, "What's for, going for on?" Me Gold? defending something, yeah. So I'm just like, whatever, guys. Like, come oh, on. Oh boy. So that was the day. Um, yeah. But honestly, like. Again, like I made my thoughts clear. I, I would understand if they went quarterback. I understand the reasons right. against it because, look, you can use both picks on defense. Like we just mentioned, give Aaron Glenn the pieces he needs mm-hmm. um, to build this defense Absolutely, up and you can yeah. turn around in a hurry. Um, I get it. If you draft a quarterback, you got to wait for him to develop for a year or two. He might have some struggles as a rookie, so now it's like three years or two years that you're kind of figuring out what you have in him. Um, all the while, you have – a guy like Goff who's playing at a high level in the offense, mm-hmm. So it, I totally get your concerns. I totally get your issues. But to say that the Lions would never consider a quarterback is just wrong. It's right. just wrong. Brad Holmes gets paid to make all these decisions, to evaluate every player that could be there. And Anthony yep. Richardson, as we know, might be there. Um, now, people want to call him Malik Willis 2.0. I personally think Malik Willis has done irreparable damage to, like, the minds of fans just because, like, I get it. He was mocked to, at number two overall, like, one, t- one time last year. I ended up going in the third round, whatever. Yeah. I get it. That was a rare case. I don't think you'll see that every year. So, there doesn't have to be the, oh, he's the next Malik Willis. He's Willis 2.0. Who, by the way, we don't he's even know Willis more time. We don't even <laughs> yeah, know what Malik Willis right. is. He could still be a good player. He's <laughs> right. playing like, two games. So, that's where I'm at with it. I think people are overreacting to a mock draft in January. This is going to change so much from now between April um, and yeah. All I'm saying is, like, it might be on the table. And if they yeah. draft Richardson, I'm saying this right now, I expect an apology <laughs> from every single one of you guys that commented. And I will make sure I will post that story again and be like, look at this. So that's where I'm at. Oh, well, he's coming
1: for you. ladies. Rant and gentlemen. over. This is not, this is not good. But now me I'm gonna, up. I'm a chill guy. They got me fired I, up. That's man. true. <laughs> it takes a lot. But – Hey, they better get used to it because this is, this, this is not going away. This is not something. And like you said at the very top, multiple things can be true at the same exact time. Jared Goff had the best year of his career. He had a year, career saving year and proved that he is a worthy, capable NFL level starting quarterback that can win you games and get you to the playoffs. That's what I yes. think Jared Goff proved. Um, That's where it stops. Uh, And frankly, I think the conversation that people can't handle is that it goes back to the thing Kyle Shanahan said two years ago. Last year, whatever it was, about Garoppolo after they took Trey Lance and they re-upped Garoppolo. And he said, in no uncertain terms, I do not believe that there are 32 humans walking this earth that are qualified NFL-ready starting quarterback. I don't. I don't think that that exists. I think I have two on my roster, though, and I'm not going to get rid of both of them. That is... That is, first of all, I think that's borrowed from his dad, from Mike Shanahan, who is kind of famous for doing some of that. But that that is how you do it in today's game, unless you have Patrick Mahomes on your team. Or unless you have, right, or Herbert maybe would be somebody in that, cat, Burrow, certainly, right? Unless you have somebody like that, Josh Allen. That, and those, that's like six guys. <laughs> that's it. And like That's all we're talking about here. There's like six of those, and then there's like 10 of Goff. And then it's just, we'll see. Everything else is we don't know. And, like, so you have to constantly develop, evolve, and you cannot look at the position like you're a college football team who's worried about your quarterback being mad and transferring. Jared Goff's making 20 <laughs> million dollars a year. The Lions have been nothing but honest and supportive and upfront with him. If they went to him and said, Jared, we are drafting Anthony Richardson at 16, uh, you're our guy until we say otherwise. We want you to be our leader and captain and help this kid. I bet you the answer would be, let's do it. <laughs> the answer would be, let's do it. Because it would probably mean Goff's going to get more time with Detroit to help Richardson as he goes while he wins games for them as they continue and he gets older. And then when he's ready to move on, you have a guy who's there to replace. That's really all this is. And I think that I understand... The frustration and whatever. I do not understand, however, the um, the frustration that, hey, why do we always have to be looking for a quarterback? I guess I get that part of it. I do not understand the backlash, though, of why people thought this was a bad idea. Or like, it would be, some guy was like, this would be historic or something. Golf had a, he yeah. was talking about how he had a Pro Bowl season and like, this would be like John Elway and Joe Montana. Like, oh my God. You gotta stop with the counting stats with quarterbacks and all that stuff. We did this with Stafford when he was here. The QB wins. They went through the whole thing. Stop it. Just stop it. He's a football player on the team. He's a really important one. He's more than one of 11, but he's kind of one of 11. And that's just how you have to look at this. I'm sorry. And I don't think that people need to be attacking people for saying Jared Goff had a poor year. No one, no one in that I have seen anywhere, uh, even like the most cynical of people, have said Jared Goff has had a poor year. Anywhere. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. Have you? So No. No. I think that people need to take a step back and understand. And I get a lot of that, too, because people probably feel bad about crashing on Jared Goff. That's probably some of this, too, right?
2: Like, I think that's what it is. And I was, was going to say, I mean, people want to rally around that dude just because of yeah. the way the Rams treated him towards the end, which, in hindsight, like, hey, he's proven to be a good exactly, quarterback with without Sean McVay. So, like, yeah. I mean, I get that. And I get, you know, the narrative on golf. even last year, was that, oh, he's going to be a backup from here on out. Like, he's not yeah. a starting quarterback, like, whatever. Um, he's obviously changed the, the narrative on that. And that's great to see. Um, at the same time, like, like you mentioned, there may be six quarterbacks in the NFL right now that are, like, you feel good about them in whatever system, whoever the ultimate is, yeah. whoever's calling plays. Don't care who's uh, hurt. The defense yeah. around him. Yeah, he, right. like, the, the guys that can elevate their teams yeah. no matter who's around them. Like we just saw Patrick Mahomes lose Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill like led the NFL in receiving yards and Mahomes still had like Didn't a blink. short season. Yeah. Like the most yards ever combined. <laughs> like, like guys like that. And, and I know yeah. they're hard to find. And I know searching for those guys can be like – that can get you fired, right? Like we've mm-hmm. seen guys take swings and it didn't work out and all of a sudden like you're starting over. Um so maybe that's part of the concern too, like they don't want to see Brad Holmes like take a swing and then right. that sets you back a couple of years. So I get all that. Um at the same time, I don't think it's going to let I don't think it's going to affect Holmes's uh process or evaluation or decision making. He's Absolutely not going to be not. scared off at the thought of taking a quarterback because there's risk anytime you draft a quarterback, whether it's at 1, whether it's at 32. Um, or later on, there's always going to be a risk when you draft a quarterback because you don't know. Um, but I do. Th- I'm willing to bet that if the Lions took one, it's because they feel very good about the plan in place. I think if they, I, again, I kind of go back and forth whether Goff would support it or not. But well, hey, look, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not, fair. that's not Up to him though. But yeah, you're right. and um, and I don't know if like, you know, I, I I just think the Lions would be a great spot for a young quarterback. It um, would be. That doesn't mean it has to it has to happen. Right. But that's that part's true. Like what they have in place. It's hard to think of a better scenario for a young quarterback to come in and build success because we talk about yeah. it so often. Quarterback success and young quarterback success is dependent on the situation, the coaches around them, um, the plan in place for them. So the Lions, in terms of that, great spot. And that's yeah. really hard to argue against. Um, the argument, I think, comes whether that's the best fit, the best need for the Lions um, when you have a defense that ranked 30th in scoring and 32nd exactly. in yards. And like that's that would be my argument against it. And right. I think that's where I'll end up staying for most of this. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. But again, I don't, you can't, you cannot just say the Lions are not going to look at, at, at a quarterback because they will. Every team should be looking at yeah. a quarterback unless you have a Patrick Holmes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow on your roster. So that's kind of what I'm saying.
1: If I, mean. I was in your situation, I'd probably be doing the same thing. I would probably say this the exact same thing. If I was covering the team every day, I would say I would pick defense, defense because I don't know. If Anthony Richardson is what Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell would, I don't know that he's going to be their unicorn, their guy. I don't know that, and like this whole thing is based on the premise that he that he might be or is, and we don't know that that's the that to be the case. Now, the reason why we all think that that's probably the case is because of things you just said, Colton. Like he fits what they do, like. Better than anybody that's coming out next year. This guy is, what is he, 6'4", 235. I don't know what he's going to run, but it's going to be Six freaky. 6'5", five. Five, yep. He's bigger than I give him credit for, 240. He's got the big arm, everything else. And I know people see at only 17 touchdowns and whatever interceptions. He played at Florida, who just fired its coach. Uh, a bunch of stuff going on. He hasn't had a lot of time. He needs time to develop. But you cannot watch that kid play football and not see all the stuff flash and pop off. He's got absolutely everything.
2: He got so much better in the second half, by the way. And he
1: did. Like, so much better. And there are games, and, you know, you go back and you watch the first game that he played of the season. One of my favorite games he played all year is, they played Utah. It was good. And, you know, everybody saw Utah ruined USC's, and they beat Utah. Um, And he had a really, he had a tough game, but a good game. He had some mistakes that he overcame and made some big plays late with his arm. And it was like, okay. That's when Dane and I and and Nate and these guys, that's when we were like, okay, like, that's different. And this is now a guy that we're going to talk about as an NFL prospect. That's when that all started. And so for me, that's only going to continue. We'll write more about Anthony Richardson, and we'll tell you why he's a great fit for the Lions as this goes on, but, like, possibly if he develops. But to sit there and suggest that that's insane is, like, ridiculous because this guy, the way they run the ball, oh, my God. Like, the way they run the ball with with run action and everything else, if this guy could be – Part of that five times a game, it would literally change. It would make you so like, well, Josh, he's Josh Allen. That's what he is. Like, that's great. If he, more if mo- he develops. More than right. Yeah. If, and then I know, I get that that's, that scares people because, like you said earlier, Colton, when you start chasing that as a, as a draft, you know, whatever, if you start giving up stuff, like that terrifies people. people. Terrifies yeah. them because if you're chasing a if you're chasing a unicorn, man, it's like chasing the dragon trying to get high off heroin <laughs> for a 50th time <laughs> or whatever, right? It's hard to do. Yeah. Like you gotta stumble into it. But the thing to remember is that the Lions have a general manager that understands the draft. He cited it in his thing the other day. Colton, you said the quote about it's a lot easier to get uh wor- what do you say? Worse. I don't want to butcher worse. his yeah, worse than quarterback. Worse
2: than it is to get better
1: than it is to get better, and then he also immediately cited one of these unicorns that we're talking about, in Mahomes being a guy who went through exactly what we're talking about with Richardson. They drafted him, sat him, gave him time, because he needed time, because when we're talking about freaky guys, guys that we don't even know what they could be, and that's what Mahomes was when he came out. No one even knew. Mm -hmm. It was like, well, he can make some really crazy throws that are like, holy shit, but we've never really seen, we don't know what it's going to take a minute. That's Josh Allen was the same thing. That is what this is. That is what Richardson is. And the lions are one of like, I don't even know if they would be, if there's five teams in a league that that are better set up than them for something like that. They are set up damn near perfect for it. I would say, because when the, when the Niners took Lance, remember that? And we'll see how it works. And I know people are probably like, well, he hasn't done anything yet, but I mean, he's been hurt and we'll see But if that works, folks, They're going to be good for like 20 years straight because of that decision. And that is the deeper part of this. It has nothing to do with Jared Goff. uh, His last season, it has everything to do with his age where you think he can take you long term and more than anything his age. I mean, at some point you have to move on from him and you have to have someone ready. If you don't, you're going to be right back into the cycle of hell and you just, you're trying to stay out of that, right? You just, that's what you're trying to do here.
2: And like, Again, none of this is anti-Goff rhetoric. Like we, no. we've changed what he's been on amazing so much. Yeah. He's been awesome, guys. He's been everything that the Lions more than out of that trade. Yeah. more than they could more. have when they more. traded him. He's been and a Pro Bowl in the Stafford deal. Pro Bowl player this year. Yeah, yeah. So it's not about golf. We're not like saying ship him out of town. But you got to be realistic and like you think think long term. Think beyond twenty twenty three. Golf, I think, has two years left on his deal. Um, yeah. Yes. Like. He's gonna like if he keeps playing at this level, you're gonna have to pay him. Um, yeah, the the quarterback's getting paid 50 million nowadays. I don't think he'll get <laughs> quite that, but if you have to pay Goff like 40 42 million, something like that, like over uh, however many year contract when he's in his 30s, when Ben Johnson's probably gone, when he's a little less mobile than he already is now, mm-hmm. um, is he the guy that can take you over the top like that? That's a question that Brad Holmes has to figure out and has to identify. And I'm sure he's thinking about that. I'm sure he knows that in the short term, he's got a, he's in a pretty damn good spot with Jared Goff and this team. But he again, he gets paid to make long-term decisions to think 100%. about where this franchise can go, not just next year, not just the year after, but five years from now, ten years from now. And again, like we've seen teams like try to make this happen. Like the 49ers, if Trey Lance, and I'm willing to bet that Kyle Shanahan of anyone can get the most out of Trey Lance. That dude's going to be, scary gonna be if, crazy. Folks, it's going to be crazy. It's
1: going to, if it works.
2: They're going to be, they're going to go to like five <laughs> Super Bowls in a I row know. if that dude pans out. So <laughs> it's not like,
1: going to be fair. It's not going to be fair.
2: Yeah. And like, <laughs> if the idea is you can get an Anthony, Anthony Richardson at like 18, even, like, let's say yeah. you don't have, you don't even trade the picks, which I didn't like that. I didn't like the fact that they had to get sure. a second round Fair. Because by the, yeah. the Rich Hill trade value chart, yeah. like, the Lions pick at like 81 or whatever, along right. with, 18 is more valuable than just the 15th pick on its own. So like, yeah, that's kind of where I was. So obviously that's where you drew the line trading right. it. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't like to trade up to 15. If he's right. there at 18, he it still probably wouldn't be my first or second choice, but I would understand right. if they went that direction because of what you're getting. He's a lottery ticket. And that's and when you yes. already have number six and you can take the best defensive player available. And now with your other pick at 18, you can take the a guy that can maybe set, set you up in the future and then, mm-hmm. by the way, you come back in the second round if you keep that second rounder. Um, you got 48 and you got 55 or whatever to go add defense, defense against. And yeah. also free agency, by the way, guys. Like, they have some money to spend. Right. So, I if that's the plan in place and that's what they end up doing, I'm going to be like, yeah, I get it. If not, if they just want to go defense, defense and try to build that thing up, I would also get that. And I would think that'd be smart. So, yeah. my I guess the bottom line is you cannot – rule this out. I'm not going to no. rule it out until I see it with my Absolutely own eyes. Not. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at.
1: And I think that's why I told Dane, because um, he was like, man, these Lions fans are pissed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're pissed. He's like, they must love golf. And I was like, yeah, I think they're mad about the trade. And that's where they just drew the line. But that's where I told him where I was like, I actually love the fact that you did that because it's a real world. Like, that's a that's a real simulation. Like, that's, Colton, you said it earlier, like Dane's mock drafts like, can reshape. Dane's mock drafts are like, they're not guesses. <laughs> they're okay, they're not blind guesses.
2: They're it's not clickbait. That's no, they're closer that's the to simulation.
1: They're closer to a current simulation of how things would go today based on everything he has heard. And this is all Dane does, by the way. Literally all he does is watch tape of college players and talk to NFL scouts. This is his entire life. <laughs> so every time he does a mock draft, which he doesn't do many, people can look. He's not going to do one for probably a bit here. He doesn't do many. Every time he does one, it's a current temperature check of where things are at. And we don't know what the market is for Richardson. It might be a situation where you, if you want him, if he's your guy, if you fall in love with him, you may have to go up for him. But it also brings up to the question, and it brings up this talking point of what the Lions are actually going through right now to Colton. For Colton, the trade was too much. For a lot of fans, the trade was too much. For Brad Holmes, it might be too much, right? At the end of the day, they might say, no, nope, I'm not doing that. It's not, we love him. But not to that point. We're not ready that yet because we still – and that's the thing I think that when you saw some of the people that are really tied into this who were like, I don't know, early, where it was like, well, next year, right? Because you're still set up for next year to make a move if you want to. I think that is the one thing that a lot of – because Chris and I used to talk about that at the very beginning. When they draft a quarterback, that clock starts. And it changes a lot with your rebuild, right? There's no going back. And it makes a lot of people nervous. <laughs> when you do it, it's like – because it's got to be the guy. But I got news for those same people. If they kick the can again, and we're sitting there again and doing the same thing and talking about the same thing a year from now, you're gonna be even more nervous that and you're gonna be picking apart Drake May and Caleb Williams and hoping to God. Hoping <laughs> Queen to yeah, hoping to God you you get the guy that you want and you don't get stuck with the less than option, right? Like that's yeah. what you're that's what you're now kicking your can into. And frankly, I to me, that. I don't want to do that. If I'm the Lions, no. I, I would not want I to live that life. Yeah.
2: I see a lot of people saying, oh, I punt until 2024. Uh, and get a, a I Dread don't like punting, a punting forever. Look, yeah. Let me tell you Let me tell you something. The only way you're getting those guys, if you trade your next three first round picks, yep. or if you're just bad enough on your own again. and if that's the right. case, some of these Everyone's guys might not fire have anyway. a any job. Yeah.
0: Right.
2: yeah. <laughs> so like, the only way you're getting one of those two who are going top five for sure is if you've mortgaged the future and you'd spend more draft capital than you'd be spending to get Richardson. So I get it. I get why people are upset. And I think maybe some of the other discussion is like, okay, you draft in the first round, you have him for five years. Two of those years might be spent on the bench. Um, You know, his third year might be his first year as a starter. So now all of a sudden you're halfway through the contract um, and you you still might not know what you have in him. Even his third year, if he's like, has some growing pains along the way, that's his first year as a starter. Now you have two years left to decide, like, is he a long-term guy? Goff's probably out of town by then. What did I do? <laughs> so right. like, yeah, that might be like the doomsday scenario if he yes. just like is, plays like ass in year three and like his first year as a starter. Um, but at the same time, like if if Holmes makes that move, it's because he feels confident that he can get the most out of that guy. And yep. for all you guys out there that love everything Holmes has done, that are yeah, all him. to him, let this man get, mm-hmm. get the picks and let him cook. If, if he does that and he makes that move, are you still going to be as confident? Because you can't don't switch up on him now. Like no, yeah, that's are in or a great out. Point. So that's like I guess that's where I'm at.
1: The thing we wrote this morning, I thought, which I thought actually came well to pretty well together. There, all the little spots along the way that you know have been critical. The one thing that we, one of the things we added was taking Sewell over Fields at a time right. when a lot of people, and, and you know, in fairness, were like, "What are you doing? This is this guy is it right here? You don't have to wait anymore." They were not ready for him. They were not ready for him. Justin Fields' first two years in Chicago have not exactly gone the way that people had hoped. I got a, I got news for you. It would have been a hell of a lot worse if he'd have gotten drafted here because they wouldn't have had yeah. anybody up. Sewell wouldn't be here. You know what I'm saying? They, yeah. you have to trust what they're doing. I think at this point they've earned that from from the fan base. I think that that's a fair ask to, like you just said, it, Colton. The perfect, the perfect way to sum it up. If they draft Anthony Richardson, this is what we said about Fields, ultimately, when they went into that draft. If they draft Anthony Richardson, it's because they have decided he is the guy. If they don't, it's because they haven't. Or they don't think they're ready for it or whatever reason. When Fields came along, I think they were very careful with how they described that whole thing and tried to sort of like, you know, we had Panay hire and this and, you know no one is i mean fields if all things were a little different they're taking fields there right like if they had a better situation a in, in other place. areas right yeah but that's not what it was they needed a they needed help there and more most important they needed a player like panay they needed a young ass kicker who was going to come in here and set a tone that's what they drafted him to do same thing with Aiden last year my thing that i land on and why i liked it i like drafting Richardson. I like being aggressive and going to get him if you think he's your guy. And I do think he's, I do like him. I think he fits perfect. I think I I don't know yet all the way on him as a person. I don't know enough about him. I'll, maybe my opinion on that changes as we get into this more, but I haven't heard anything bad about him. I haven't heard anything that would dissuade me from yeah. thinking that. And as a player with the system that they have in place, I really like it a lot because I think like for all the reasons we've talked about, they do have a pretty unique setup here where, like, when when people saw the Niners draft Lance, you know, it's you're bringing him into a system with a terrific head coach who has a terrific staff. There's no pressure. They have a great offensive line. They have great receivers, right? It's ready to go. It's not overwhelming. It's not going to be, hey, Matthew Stafford, come in here and save us. You're the only good player we have at 21. Yeah. That's not what this is yeah. going to be. And I think that that is the thing I need people to understand as we go forward here because we're not going to stop writing about this. I got news for you because it's going to be a conversation that has to happen. They were at five of his games and Colton, Kentucky, Florida, when Kentucky, Florida, Levis versus Richardson, they had like six guys there, like Holmes and Agnew. I think we're both there for that one. Yeah. So if you think they're not interested You're wrong. That would be the answer on that one. They're interested in everybody. I think that, you know, and and that's because, yes, they do their diligence. They're a good, they're a good drafting organization right now. I think that they have proven that over these last two years, um, that at least they do it. They, the process is correct. Their process is diligent and correct and right. And I think that they have earned maybe some trust from the fans a little bit on that.
2: And I would say this about Richardson, um, if you don't think he's a first round talent, that's that's fine. Whatever. I would say this though. If that dude came back to school and and put up like <laughs> yeah. big numbers and second like year with more there. experience, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I'm telling you, he would probably be a top ten pick easy. Like when we're talking yeah. about the 2024. He'd time. be the number one pick. That's what he would probably. be. Probably. Yeah. Um <laughs> if you yeah. see the development, yeah. I think the, yeah. it's yeah. That's kind of a no-brainer there. Yeah, if he had three, if he had like a right. Heisman type year, yeah. Absolutely. So he didn't have that this year, though. Right. So, that's the thing. Like, a GM has to be able to say, has to project a little bit and say, I, if this kid went back to school and put up numbers, I could. I probably wouldn't get him unless I'm drafting the top five. Yes. If he's available at 18 or 20 or 15 or in the middle of the first round, maybe even late in the first round, who knows. Just like Jameson. Um, I have to have some sort of foresight and say, I trust my people in place to get him to look like he would be a top five pick. That's right. Um, to get that player, to get the most out of that guy. And I feel like Holmes is one of those GMs who would put the trust in his staff to kind of maximize the the pure and raw traits of a guy like Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Doesn't mean he'll do it, but I could see him taking Entertaining this it. Yeah. And entertaining and, it at least.
1: And I would close on this, and I think that this is the final, this is the greatest point. I think that Dane giving them that or that draft. That's Dane respecting Brad Holmes, because I think that most people who understand how this goes would see that as a, I don't know what you would call it, but it would be as a smart decision. It would be, you're looking at all options and you're being thoughtful about everything that touches your team and you're going to consider all options. And I think that He's not going to do that with teams that have GMs that are cowards or afraid or wouldn't, you know, because that exists too. I mean, we know that. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. But the fact that, you know, that happens, I think, and, you know, that we're saying right here, I think people need to, at the end of the day, you know, take whatever we write, I guess, but you need to trust, I think, that they do have a plan. I mean, they've sort of proven that. And I think that that's fair enough to ask. But hey, we'll do this again here. I'm sure soon when we talk about whatever. <laughs> A couple years ago, Colton, we did the same thing with um, Kyle Pitts. I had them all worked up uh, because I I thought I actually made a pretty good case of why Kyle Pitts, and he got drafted like fourth or whatever it was, right? Why he was a top five pick, I think is what I ended up writing. And people were like, you son of a, we just drafted Hawkinson and it is not going the way they said it was going to go. And if they do this again, and it was like, well, I'm not saying they're going to do it again. I'm just yeah. saying it's not impossible. And it wasn't impossible because they did scout Kyle Pitts, and they liked him a lot, but they took Sewell instead. So it <laughs> is what it is. That's the draft. That's, like, that's how it goes. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that's how it goes. That's that's life. The draft is not – there are no absolutes. Um, that's why I would also advise people, like, when you're watching – when you're looking at mock drafts, you should be very, very careful at who you're looking at, like, who wrote it <laughs> Like who made the mock draft, right? Like if it's from yeah. us, I I think you're okay. We're not making stuff up or just wildly guessing. I can't speak for everyone, of course. But in any event, Colton, you good? You got anything else for this week? You're gonna take some time off here.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna okay, i to recharge so I can uh,
1: fight the fight the rest. comments for the rest of February. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> sounds good. Dedicate my my week off to in the comment section. Awesome.
1: In any <laughs> event, well, we hope Colton has a good week and the rest of you as well. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, be sure to subscribe, not only to this show, but also The Athletic. Uh, and for Colton, I'm Nick. Talk to you guys later.